Welcome back to Snares Book Prep Uncovered, the podcast where we talk with staff, with pupils and other people in the community to understand more about life at the school. Each episode I'm joined by Ralph Dalton, he's the head teacher at the school, and another member of staff. But today, in this episode, we have two members of staff joining us. Mrs Matheson, Rosie, is the lower foundation stage teacher, and Mrs B is the upper foundation stage teacher. But first of all, talking to Ralph here. Ralph, good morning, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Simon. I'm hoping to match your uh, enthusiastic energy. (laughs) Well, I'm not sure. I just said good morning, actually. It's well and truly the afternoon. It's 20 to 5 in the afternoon. I I don't quite know where the day's gone. Uh, How is your day looking today? What what typically happens in in the day in the life of, of Ralph Dalton? Today, well, obviously, you've got the, the forecourt greeting all the parents, greeting the children. Today has been a day of policies. I have just been working my way through a lot of policies to make sure that they are in line with guidance and legislation and that that's actually what we are doing. So, yeah, so it's been it's been a day of policies and it finished with an assembly. We're looking at uh, figures for Black History Month. Um, so I was looking at uh, Dame Barrow. Uh, who was a sort of pioneer and pushed through a lot of the um, race legislation in the 60s. Got it. Okay. A classic day in the life of a head teacher of a prep school. Totally love it. Uh, now, of course, we've got two of our, uh, of our members of staff in school today, and we're going to be talking about EYFS. What's the reason for that subject on this podcast episode? We often direct new parents to the podcast if they want to sort of get a feel or flavour for the school Uh, So often that's new parents who might not necessarily um, have met either Mrs. B or Mrs. Matheson. Um, I also hope that their enthusiasm and love for early years comes through. And really it's it's the foundation. It really is the foundation for everything that occurs in Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2, which then is the um, launch pad for everything that's in Key Stage 3, 4 and 5. Okay, right. Got it. Now, of course, one of the people that we're about to speak to is Mrs. B. Why do we call her Mrs. B? Because her name's Mrs. Toganu Biggesteth, but the children find it difficult to get their mouths around the whole lot. So just over the years, she's found it easier to leave it as Mrs. B. And so she's now Mrs. B to generations of children. Generations of children and uh, other members of staff and parents as well. I'm quite glad that it's Mrs. B. Let's bring her in now along with Mrs. Matheson then. Mrs. Matheson and Mrs. B, how are you both doing today? Very well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> good to see you again. Yeah, it's been a good day. The sun is shining. Sky's almost blue. <laughs> sun shining is always a good thing. Sky blue is always a good thing as well. Rosie, it's great to have you back on the podcast. So clearly your first time around wasn't too scary. In fact, quick question on that. What was it like hearing back the episode recording after you'd done that recording? Was it a bit scary or was it okay hearing it back? Probably a little bit scary, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's quite normal. It's a, it's a normal kind of thing. But usually people find at the start of these recordings, they're a bit scared, a little bit apprehensive, <laughs> probably a better word. But then by the end of it, it's it all seems to be OK. And clearly we've got Mrs B here. You've never been on a podcast for the school. Have you been on a podcast anywhere else though? No, no, this is a first for me. OK, so how did you feel then when, I'm presuming it was Ralph, how did you feel when Ralph said, uh, how do you fancy being on an episode of the school podcast? <laughs> Well, I've been waiting my turn, you see. So, <laughs> but yes, no, I've, um, I'm a novice with it all. So uh, you have to ask me at the end of this all. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we'll see how you got on uh, at the end. I wonder whether one of you, first of all, could just tell us actually what EYFS stands for and what age range we're talking about of children in school. So EYFS is early years foundation stage, um, and it runs. It's from nursery is from three three to four year olds. 
and then reception or upper foundation stages four to five year olds. So it's the it's the two first two years of a child's life in informal school, as it were. Okay, and is this terminology that all schools tend to use, like EYFS and upper foundation stage, or is this just unique to Snaresbrook Prep? No, this is um, so we EYFS is used um, across the board, but um, lower foundation stage and upper foundation stage is a Snaresbrook Prep uniqueness. Okay, all right, got it, got it. So I wondered then, when when new parents come to the school, maybe they're looking around at which school to send their children to. What are some of the main questions that they ask first of all? I think one one question that quite often we've um, will ask is is class size. How many children have we got? How many adults are going to be with them? So obviously, because they are younger in lower foundation stage, they'll there'll be more adults present for the for ratios. Um, in upper foundation stage, um, it's the, it's a teacher and a full time um, TA. Um, so. That's 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 a structure which would be. I mean, we're very lucky. We've got a lot of staff, um, so that we really would parents can feel you know safe safe in the knowledge that there are lots of adults. And what's nice about the way we structure is it's the it's the same adults. Those adults start off in lower foundation stage, but even in upper foundation stage, they will still see them at lunch times, play times. So those adults don't disappear. So it's a sort of con- continuity throughout the key stage which is really nice. But that's one of the questions parents do ask is, you know, how many adults are in a classroom and how many children? And obviously that that, that varies year to year, really. So with that ratio then, clearly it is, well, it sounds like it's more weighted for the younger children, but but what sort of actual numbers are we typically talking about then? So we'd, we'd have in, in both classes sort of about 20. And then, as I said, in, in lower foundation, there are at one at some point, there were just three, three adults for most of the day and then you have an extra adult don't you as well mm-hmm. whereas in upper foundation stage because they're slightly older it's um two adults which includes myself and my ta okay all right got it so i wonder then mrs b or, or rosie either one of you or both of you let's just imagine that i'm a parent and i'm thinking about coming into the school or maybe i don't have time to come into school but i'm dying to know what it what is actually like in eyfs can you just describe what a typical day might look like Yeah. So if I talk about the lower foundation stage to begin with, so these are the children who are just turning um, four during the school year, through the course of the school year. The school year runs in this country from September to September. So um, some parents will ask that question when, when, when their child will be starting school. So at the beginning of the lower foundation stage year, which is the nursery year, um, although it's the same for both classrooms on this point, actually. Uh, The children come into the classroom and we have about half an hour where the children are engaging in sort of free play activities, um, talking with the the teachers about things that they've been doing at home, things they've been doing at the weekend. Um, We often use that as a time for reading, just catching up, settling down, enjoying a little bit of time together before the slightly more sort of formal activities begin. So they normally begin at about... Um, nine o'clock in the morning and um, depending on which which year group they'll obviously they'll be different but if I talk about the lower foundation stage to begin with so we'll have a little bit of time chatting on the carpet to begin with we'll do the register and we love to celebrate different languages and different cultures so we'll often say good morning to each other in a different language and yeah after we've done that we'll we'll um maybe sing a couple of songs and then we'll get straight on with some um, early phonics activities. At this time of the year, so I'm talking in, in September, 
most of the phonics activities are um, based around sounds. So we do a lot of um, preparation for children learning to read in these early days, but lots of different activities which will, you know, in encourage sort of children to really tune into different sounds, sounds in words, but sounds in the environment as well. So we have lots of fun activities. And then we will go off. So we'll have a little time on the carpet doing that Then Go off. We'll be in our groups. So the children are sort of like grouped and not according to, to ability, just um, we just have them in, in smaller groups. And, and all of the children will be working with um, a member of staff um, and the member of staff will really be sort of encouraging the children um, to take part in in maybe a, a sort of more full way than they than they have done on the carpet so each child there's all sorts of children are learning at that point um, but uh, turn taking being one of them um, after we've done those activities there's generally some more free play time before it's time to go outside into the playground um, we have two classes outside together and um, during the morning play we just we just we just let them be outside so we don't have any we really encourage the children to use their imaginations in in that um, first play time and, and we don't have any extra equipment out but they they just have fun making up games just a, a nice time for them together both classes together yeah. we, we find that the children across the whole school actually um, really do enjoy their time with children from other year groups then they'll come back in we have milk and fruit and then we're on with the the, the next lesson so for in my classroom that would be maths um, again we have a time on the carpet together and that's followed by some group time um, before a bit more play time um, a story then we're into lunch um, after lunchtime, we will go into yeah we'll have some more time in the playground and then we have different sort of specialist teachers who will come in. Um, so we have specialist music teachers, we have specialists, we have a specialist computing teacher, um, art teacher, we have... Um, RE, RE in philosophy. Yep. PSHE is uh, following the jigsaw scheme in the school, although PSHE is something that's going on all the time, but we can talk, we'll, we'll get on to our, our curriculum. Oh, and PE. We have PE, PE. we have PE. a specialist PE teacher. And then the school day formally ends. Uh, oh, we have tuck middle of the afternoon, yeah. which the children absolutely yes. love. <laughs> so they bring in their own, um, they bring in their own tuck box, a little snack box. We ask the, the parents to provide that milk and fruit in the morning. We sort out, but we just ask the parents to bring that in. Um, the children love sitting and eating their um, their little snack from home. Um, and then the the sort of the official school day ends at three ten, but we do have wraparound care available. Um, which we can talk about in a moment, but that's sort of just a, an idea of what the day looks like, really. Okay, I love all of that. And Rosie, thank you for explaining all of that. I, I love the way as well that when you're talking, Mrs. B can't help but smile and chuckle from time to time. And I, and I can tell, <laughs> Mrs. B, that, you, that you're thinking about the children in your class and, and how they're responding to some of those different things. Mrs. B, you mentioned about curriculum. I'm going to ask you about that in just two ticks. But first of all, very quick question, Rosie, you mentioned about the tuck box there. If, if I was a parent and I'm thinking to myself, gosh, what actually goes in the tuck box? I don't want to put too much in. I don't want to put too little in. What typically should I be putting in there? OK, yeah, that, that's a great question, actually, Simon. In the tuck boxes, we just ask parents to provide um, just a little piece of fruit, uh, vegetables um, or cheese. So it could be a couple of carrot sticks yeah. and um, a mini baby bell or um, a few 
I don't know, yeah. apple slices, yeah. um, really anything that, that, that the child enjoys, that would be, and, and, and not too much. We're not looking for, you know, a fruit salad here, no. you know, that will feed a family <laughs> of five. Just something that, that they can, just to yeah. keep them going. And we find that the, the children, when they come in in the morning, obviously they've had breakfast at home or in school. Um, we have the milk and fruit that keeps them going for the morning. Um, the children do get hungry very quickly. Lunch is at 11.40 to 11.50. Um, but the children are still hungry by two in the afternoon. Um, and we always recommend to parents, um, you know, please have a snack available for when your child actually yeah. leaves us. Um, if they're in wraparound care, we have sandwiches, fruit, a drink, cakes, yeah. uh, crisps, something, nice variety. something fun um, at sort of 4.30. But yeah, does that answer? <laughs> that, that that answers perfectly. That gives me a nice insight and it m- makes me feel reassured that I, I, that as a new parent, I wouldn't be putting in uh, the wrong kind of food or too much or too little. No. Uh, now, Mrs. <laughs> B, tell me something about curriculum then. Yeah, so in, um, in EYFS, we follow um, something called Development Matters, which is a which would be across the board, whether you are here, whether you are in a, um, another private day setting or if you're in state. Um, and it's basically made up of three prime areas. Um, they are communication and language, physical and personal, social and emotional development. So they they are almost like your three core ones, which should run across anything you do. Um, and as, as we said before, in especially in EYFS, we spend a lot of time sort of talking to children about their feelings, their emotions, how to um, how to sort things out. So. When they first come to nursery, it's very much, you know, adults will intervene, you know, somebody's not sharing a toy nicely, teaching them ways to deal with that rather than, um, you know, getting frustrated. Um, And obviously that goes through. So any subject uh, teachers who come in, they are shown the development matters so that it's really important that they think about it as well, even if if they're coming to teach. So we have a teacher who comes to do RE. But throughout of that, that could fill, you know, all sorts of things could be brought up with that. Um, And then there are four main subjects, and that's the maths, the literacy, um, something called knowledge and understanding of the world, which really encompasses science, history, geography, um, sort of, you know, RE. It it looks at the the children, it celebrates the differences that we've all got. Um, It's a really nice subject that really sort of is, I could go on and on with examples within that. Um, obviously, because when they move up to key stage one, it is then compartmentalised into history, geography, science. But we we tend to an early years curriculum should be all encompassing. Um, and then we also have expressive arts and design, which would be music and art. OK, perfect. Right. Thank you for that, Mrs. B. That's really good. Now, let's let's just imagine then that, that, that I'm a parent. My child's coming into school. I know that they're being taken care of. There's all of this traditional learning or, or I think formal learning, Rosie called it. There's also these things about uh, turn taking. So the more social skills kind of thing. How do I actually get feedback, though, as a parent that my child is getting on well, that they're developing as they should be in school? OK, so... Um... Each when they come in in a nursery, you meet all the parents before they start nursery. Um, so you will have spoken to them all um, prior to them coming in the September by phone call. Um, and then obviously we have a, an induction afternoon at the very beginning of term. And then is it three weeks later? But after three weeks, you actually have your your parents' evening, which is you know Rosie will then phone all the parents and to sort of find out you know how how the child's got on you know Rosie will talk about how they've settled parents can then 
um, any questions. So we find at the beginning that's when pa parents might be a little anxious about how their child's getting on. Mm. Um, and it, it can be anything. It could be, but we, you know, you go out every morning to see the parents. Yeah, I mean, it's really a, a sort of, um, you know, those are the sort of set times, but, we, you know, we're very much a sort of open door, sort of informal policy, yeah. I guess. If a parent's worried at all, I encourage them to phone, to email, or to we, we use um, little communication diaries which go back and forth from home um, just to make sure that we haven't missed anything. Um, and we say to all the parents, communication is absolutely key. Yeah. So you know, us knowing that they've had a really busy Sunday, um, you know, where they may have had rugby lessons, swimming lessons, mm -hmm. a party, and, you know, that's really important for us to know because um, often it, there will be an impact on the child the next day. So, you know, we just encourage parents just to be just to be open, to be honest with us, um, and and it works really well. Mm -hmm. we, we, you know, that communication is absolutely vital. And as we start to sort of move into sort of more uh, formal sort of academic um, work areas um, in Mrs B's class in particular um, you know I'm, I know that Mrs B finds that sort of open communication oh, yeah. invaluable um, we're often on the phone to parents so um, if we have the slightest concern we will you know we will we will we will uh, call a parent um, and um, you know often things are sort of made, made clear to us we can we can understand um, where the parents coming from yeah we're very much here to support all of our parents you know both mrs b and myself have got three children each um we've both been teaching for quite a number of what? years <laughs> um in various settings and you know it, it's it, it really is when i when i say it's a joy working with parents it really is yeah. a joy we absolutely you know for us it's not just about the children we're here for sort of the whole family while you know while you're with us we will we will do our very best to help you through you know those issues and and obviously we find as we're doing this year after year the same issues come up you know um and um we, we can we will help and guide you through those um difficulty any difficulties that arise and it's it's also in this whole early years curriculum it just doesn't happen in school it happens at home as well mm. so it's really nice to hear um, children coming in and talking to us so for instance in in upper foundation stage we have um we have a class bunny that goes home once a week with one of the children and it's the highlight of the week and from that the child the parents then upload photos or videos of something that they've done with bramble the bunny and uh, the children love talking about their experiences at home. So then it gets into conversations, you know, Bramble's gone to football or swimming or gone to a party or made some, we had a lovely one recently, making chocolate brownies at home. So you start seeing a side of the children that sometimes you don't see because it isn't all just academia. It's, um, it's, it's those are really important. We, we do show and tell as well, where the, again, the parents have, it's sort of, developed since covid where obviously they couldn't bring something in to school but the parents became really creative and we get videos um, um and all sorts of photographs sent in and then the child the child then will talk about it and, mm. and then the other children will ask questions um so yeah it's um and we have um in in upper foundation says we will then have a parents evening in the sort of october half to after that with the rest of the school but again open door policy like mrs matheson said and you know it's um you know as long as the, the parents keep that communication going you know we're very happy to phone parents in our time out of class you know and i, and I like talking to parents <laughs> <laughs>
it's really reassuring, you know, to hear this two-way communication. It's a number of times that the pair of you have brought this up. So it really does sound like it. It's a genuine open door policy that you're very keen on parents getting in touch. Uh, I, I love that thing about finding out if, if a child's been super busy on a Sunday, then it, then it changes the way that you'll that, 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 that you'll be working with them on the Monday. I, I think that's lovely. I really do. I, I love hearing about Bramble as well. It's, it strikes me that Bramble's got more of a social life than, well, certainly than I've got, but probably most oh, of the has. people listening he to has. this. He has. <laughs> <laughs> very good very good now mrs b we heard earlier about th this thing called wraparound care what what exactly is that and how does it actually look so wraparound care is enables parents um to obviously helps obviously with their working day so children can come to breakfast club um, which is run by the same members of staff which is that means they build up that relationship and that starts at seven forty in the morning until school school starts and then after school, it starts off at uh, half past three. So what we tend to do is obviously if we've, because our day finishes slightly earlier, our, our ones will all gather together in lower foundation stage with, again, with the same staff. Um, and that really helps the children who, because some are, some love, most of the majority love after school care because it's time to spend with friends from different classes, from different year groups. The older ones particularly like it because they sort of nurture one of the younger ones. There may be siblings um, that don't see each other throughout the day and they come to that. And that runs until quarter past six. And then, uh, as uh, Rosie said earlier, sort of about sort of quarter past four, the children start getting ready, wash their hands and they all eat together. So which is lovely. The older ones, the younger ones. Um, the middle, the ones from years three and four. So they all gather together in one room. Um, as Rosie mentioned before, they're offered fresh sandwiches, fruit. Um, sometimes there's cakes. Um, and that's all freshly made on the premises every day. Um, mm. At this lovely time of year, they are split into... So the younger ones, um, they, they have half the playground to play. The older ones, um, we sort of section off the playground so they can do sort of a bit more, maybe football or whatever. Um, then we also have quieter area so for the older ones who need to do homework um, but it's just it's a lovely love you go in there's a real buzz mm. when you go into after school care because it's just this time for them to just chill to do what they want to do if they want to sit and color a picture that's fine um, you know if they want to as I said at the moment they're outside um, otherwise it's just a sort of an extension of their day but it's very much you know what what's, oh, I think is really important is it is the same staff um, so those parents who if they've got any quibbles about it they can go and and ask that those staff it doesn't change you know it doesn't change daily with lots of different people there's one lady who's in charge of the whole thing um and then other other tas will other staff will come and sort of support um but uh, but no it's a really happy place and as i said in the morning so after after they've had their tea and they move move across to the hall and again there's there's i think i've seen badminton going on i've seen lego going on i've seen domino skittles going on all sorts of things mm. um and then up until the time when parents are ready to come and collect. I often say to parents, it's a, it reminds me of being a child and playing outside when we used to be able to play outside sort of in, you know, in the neighbourhood. And it's that sort of feeling of um, freedom a little bit, you know, you're playing with children of different ages and it's just a really sort of happy yeah. atmosphere. And uh, another thing that parents often ask is whether or not we need to, uh, they need to book in advance um and um currently no we, we we you know we have enough staff members so that parents if you know if if they were just late back from a meeting or, or suddenly they get called away 
um, there's no need to book. We, you know, we'll, we'll keep the children safely. Um, and that's the same for the before school care as well. So we try to make it, you know, life as easy for parents as possible. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult being a parent of young children um, when you're working and you're busy and you're having to be in different places. So we make it, try to make it as, you know, um, as easy for parents as possible. And that's that's really reassuring to hear because I imagine that a lot of parents, if their children go into wraparound care, then they may feel an element of guilt that, they, uh, that they're just getting a babysitter for their children. But it's very much not that, is it? It's not just someone to look after the children until you get back from that after work meeting or whatever it is that you're doing. But it's actually a really positive thing and sounds like a beautiful thing for the children as well. And what's really nice is you sometimes see those sort of quieter children who perhaps at the beginning wouldn't want to go and I can think of a few children now who've moved up into key stage one who really want to go to after school club. They want to have that time to play with their friends. Mm. Um, so it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's, it's, it's always busy. It's always got a nice buzz. It sounds perfect. It really does. Uh, Mrs B and Rosie, I'm keeping an eye on the time here. So uh, I need, I'm going to need to bring this to a close and bring Ralph back in shortly. But in the meantime, I just wanted to say, Mrs B, thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. And Mrs. Matheson, great to talk to you. And thanks for coming back onto the podcast again. You too. Thanks, Simon. So, Ralph, it's great to have Rosie back on, or sorry, Mrs. Mrs. Matheson back, back on the podcast again. And great to have Mrs. B here as well. What did you think about everything they were saying there? I hope their enthusiasm for EYFS um, comes through. I hope their genuine interest in helping sort of families and parents through, you know, this first stage of education came through. Uh, and I hope their sort of enjoyment and love of working with children came through. Uh, I mean, I, I can absolutely pick up on that. And and it's interesting hearing them talk and the way that they were talking and the way that the other one was responding when one of them was talking. And it really struck me that when you're a teacher of children this kind of age, then you're you're absolutely doing it for the love of working with children at that age and, and you love working and seeing them you know nurturing them and seeing them growing up and, and turning into into slightly older children and I'm not saying that other people in other professions uh choose those professions but don't actually enjoy them at all you know but but there are you know we know that there are plenty of people who work for example in finance some of them people some of them might be listening right now who don't actually enjoy working in finance but they know that finance is quite lucrative but you know we, we at the same time we know that teaching doesn't pay extremely well uh, that people could go and work somewhere else and earn more money, but actually they're doing it for the love of working with the children. I mean, I think that's, I think that's very true. I mean, whether it, whether we're talking about EYFS or whether we're talking about Key Stage 1, Key Stage 2, and probably in secondary school, but I always, I think I've probably said it before on this podcast, that there are so many milestones in a child's life, and sometimes as a teacher you get to witness that, and you think, oh, you know, that's really special, and... um you know, your parents would have loved to have seen that, but I was I was lucky enough to get to share it with you. I mean, it's particularly true on residentials. It's particularly true at those sorts of points. But it really is. You sort of see the children, particularly if you've been at school for a long time and you've seen them come in when their bag is, you know, two-thirds the size of them and you see them leave at year six um, and just the difference that's occurred. It's It's very special, very special. Now, all of this right now sounds idyllic uh, or even rosy, if I could say the word rosy again. But what happens in situations where you have a, a child in a class or in a year group who is a little bit troublesome? How do you how do you handle that situation? I mean, I don't think I would ever really think of it in terms of troublesome. 
I mean, and I'm assuming by your question, you mean sort of in terms of behavior? Exactly that, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we base everything here on the belief that actually very few, as in no one, really wants to behave in a way other than to um, to be positive. So when, when they are not behaving in that way, you've either got a lack of um, understanding of what the expectation is, you have a lack of skill, you are you are responding out of a preformed habit that either you don't know how to change or are in the process of changing um, or if those aren't met then it's you know there's an underlying sort of need so if I just sort of give you an example um, a bit older out of the context of EYFS but it could be you know it, it, I think it probably does um, translate well to EYFS you know you get children uh, who you know, could be being rough with each other. That's so you could say, okay, now when they're being rough, why are they doing that? Do they are they good at reading the social cues of the other people? So some some children aren't good at uh, at um, looking for or um, understanding what facial cues in terms of I'm not enjoying this anymore. Uh, they don't have the sort of language skills, or nobody sort of taught them to say, oh, are you still enjoying this? Or you know, how do you feel about this? Um, so those those are or that that's not the expectation of that's how we play, particularly if you come from other settings, you know, some settings, every, every setting has its own culture, um, you know, and some. So, you know, we'll start off with, oh, do you do you understand what the expectation is? Do you understand why that's the fair rule? Um, OK, you do understand both of those. That you're still behaving that way. OK, what skills can we teach you? You know, like I say, noticing social cues, asking. Um, if it's all of that, then there might be time to watch, you know, you need to sort of support them, change that habit. Um, and then you might look at underlying needs in terms of, you know, are they, um, is it around friendships? Are they secure in their friendships? Um, because I think I once heard somebody say that needs trump rules. So you can have all the rules in life, um, but, you know, we as people will meet our needs in any way we can. Um, and this is why when you ask children, well, you know, that's the wrong thing to do. Why did you do it? They go, uh, I, I don't know. But you know, it's wrong. And they go, yeah, they know, you know, but needs trumps rules. So that's how we would approach it. Um, but that's all part of the education process. That's what that's what we're doing. We're helping children sort of grow up and become better human beings and giving them skills to do it. It's so interesting, isn't it? How different 2023 is, 2024 to sort of 1963 1964 about the way that we teach children and, and about how in in that sort of era and for many years after that as well if there was somebody showing the kind of signs that you're talking about there then then they were a naughty child and therefore they would be punished without truly understanding what's actually led them to make those decisions in the first place yeah and i think that's where you know over time you know, particularly, you know, the last 20 years, the last 15 years, um, education is, is really sort of professionalizing and sort of really looking into how children develop and understanding how children develop. And as teachers, we're improving our understanding of that and just taking that approach of how can we help you be a better version of yourself? 
No, I love that. I really do love that. Um, Ralph, if anyone's been listening to this whole episode and they're thinking, well, that's good, but I've got a couple of extra questions. What's the best way for them to get in touch with the school? Drop us uh, an email at office at snaresbrookprep.org. Alternatively, give us a ring. Um, numbers on the website. Um, pop in. Old school. I don't know. But uh, yeah, go to the website and uh, get in touch, I think. Okay, that's perfect. Okay, well, we'll put a link to the website in the show notes. But in the meantime, uh, it's been great hearing from Mrs. B and from uh, from Mrs. Matheson as well. So if you could pass on my thanks to them when you see them next. But also, Ralph, good to talk to you. And, uh, you know, th- this podcast is a great fun way of of really communicating, I guess, with the, with the school network, with the whole school community. And in fact, how do you feel about the podcast? How do you feel it's all going? How do I think it's so? I don't know. I mean, understandings at the listener's ear and I sort of think the same way about how it's going it's is it useful for people um hopefully it gives an insight into the thoughts and the thinking behind what we do um and if it's doing that and a few people are finding it useful then then it's uh very worthwhile well it's serving a purpose somewhere there but of course again if anyone's listening to this right now and they're thinking oh it'd be good to have an episode on such and such then again get in touch with the school through that same contact method and uh We'd love to do that. But in the meantime, the next episode is coming out soon. So click that option to follow or subscribe and it just means you won't miss it. But for now, Ralph, thank you for being here. No, Tony, thank you very much, Simon. It's been an del- absolute pleasure. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from you, I hope as well. It is goodbye from me. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye-bye. <laughs>